Hey, welcome everybody back to a special edition of the Undisrupted Podcast. We are excited to be doing this live, Adam. We haven't seen each other in person in so long. I know, right? It is, it is so crazy because our first live in person with a guest. With a guest? Mm. Yeah. Greg, no pressure. <laughs> I, I know, right? Um, I so don't know what to do. <laughs> tell our listeners who you are, what, you're here, what, you're, what you do for a living. Uh, my name is Greg Bagby. I'm the coordinator of instructional technology for Hamilton County Schools, which means nothing. Um, I basically get to go into the different schools and help teachers, students, and um, administrators use tech uh, in their classrooms, in their trainings, and in their learnings. And as a side hustle, I work for NCCE doing, uh, I guess, consulting slash training of districts all across the country. So you're not very busy. You're not a busy no, man. Oh, not at all. <laughs> yeah, and I teach a couple of classes at a couple of different universities and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah. no. Uh, <laughs> you, hey, what, you blah, blah, blah through the most important part. But no, no, <laughs> that's good. No, but well, thank you for, for being on the show and on the program today. What are we doing here? What are we all here for today? What are, what's going on? Uh, tell, tell their listeners what we're, what we're watching today. So uh, you're watching me live. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, we are here for innovation and well, ed tech and innovation conference, national innovation and ed tech conference here in Las Vegas, and we are talking about innovation and learning things that uh, folks are sharing with their from their districts and from their schools, and trying to figure out ways that we can build a better mousetrap daily. So, so let me ask you this because. Uh, we had the opportunity to actually be in Orlando previously for another conference. Yes. So what have you been able to come away with from the conference last week and so far today at this event? Uh, actually, just uh, general ideas on how I could set up and leverage some of the tools that I've already used as when I was a principal and how I did things, how I can use them in a district capacity. Um, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but as a principal, I did a lot of things that I believe were pretty innovative and um, used a lot of technology. And now that I'm in this district role, uh, I was thinking for some strange reason, I, I haven't put in a lot of the tools and things that I did in my own school for the whole district. So um, just seeing how these districts are leveraging the tools that I use in my school, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking we could do this with all 45,000 students. Why not? I like that. Why not? I've heard, <laughs> I, I know someone who, who has a talk about that actually. Yeah. Now, you know what? I, I do want to go a little deeper on that because I know sometimes as leaders, as we go from like when you're in the classroom, you have this one vision of, okay, when I'm an AP, then I can make change. Yes. And then when I'm a principal, then I can make change. And then those people at the central office and each level, you start getting a little bit more power, but then do you find <laughs> yourself seeing that it's not really the power you thought it was and being able to make that change in your spaces? Oh, yes. Well, um, that global pandemic thing, it threw a monkey wrench in all the ideas that I had prior to um, when I prior to getting to central office, I got there just a year before and I had all these amazing ideas. Oh, we're going to do this and this and this and this and this. And then um, it ended up pandemic. I was just helped us helping teachers, helping students, helping parents mm -hmm. get it on the devices, using the devices, even though we, yes, we taught you how to do that two years ago. It's okay. I'll take my time and do it again. Uh, and that's what we ended up doing. So yeah, you think you have all this power to do all these really cool things, mm -hmm. but your power actually is a little bit limited, <laughs> a lot more than what you think. However, I am going to make the change. Got a new supervisor. She's amazing. Uh, she's allowing me to do my thing. Uh, so I'm not just closing help desk tickets. Not that I mind doing that. It's just uh, I'm helping. <laughs> necessary evil. Yes, it it's a very necessary evil. Uh, but... I think uh, we're getting past that so we can actually do some 
really cool things. As a matter of fact, some of the folks I met in Orlando, they're coming to my district next week uh, to do... We're going to look at some of the fab lab, fabrication labs and mm-hmm. uh, talk about how we can integrate some of the tools that they had there and some that they're using in their district in New York. I said, okay. come on in. So, yeah. I think that's a, And I think that's a big part of the role of the tech leader. You know, and our podcast is really focused on those tech leaders out there. I feel a lot of them are suffering from what you were just talking about, which is the need to like, continually put out fires, right? Yeah, how do we just handle these to help us to just continue to grow? So what's a word of advice you would probably give to, you would give to them, like to some, as someone who's out there, like you're in there doing, you're doing the work, you have 45,000 kids, you've got all this stuff coming at you. How do you make the time or how do you justify it? Do you put it in your schedule? Do you put it in your calendar? I mean, what's a practical thing you do? Like say, we have to do something that's forward thinking or we have to work on something that implements some of this change versus just continually putting out fires of the past. Yes. Uh, that's exactly what I do. I put it in my schedule so that I have a set time where I am not closing tickets, not, quote, helping a teacher connect, whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm focusing on how we're going to make change in the district, how we're going to move forward, how we're going to do things differently so that we can not only um, survive this pandemic, but capture the ideas that we found. Things There's some lessons that we've learned and we don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to go back. Right. <laughs> um, and there are things that we need to make sure that we still continue to do even post-pandemic as we're in this recovery period, which I was told just last week, we're not recovering because we're still here. So Yeah. yeah. Recovery was a little bit of a early, early. Co- I remember when this was only going to be two oh, weeks. Two weeks, yes. Yeah. Flatten the curve and we're back. Two yeah. weeks, we're done, man. Let's all be yeah. a part of it. I think the only thing that was missing was the mission accomplished banner. In the background. <laughs> that was the only thing we needed yeah. in the background. Uh, can we get that added in post <laughs> Um One other thing I'll say that we're talking about this season, season four of the, of the podcast is sustainability. Because in the tech field especially, we're constantly refreshing. We're constantly mm-hmm. using funds for things. And now we're, just, we're about to get a bevy of, of course, ESSER funds coming in from federal dollars. Um, but only for a short period of time. Yes. So what is your vision in terms of like, how do you continue to, how do you make tech a sustainable resource, even <laughs> knowing that it ages out the second you buy it? Uh, yeah. So my new supervisor has given me the task of, well, not only taking on a couple of new team members, which is great, mm-hmm. but making sure that I make these team, team members indispensable to the district so that when ESSER funding runs out, uh, that the district will see, hey, these folks need to be put in a general GP funding Mm -hmm. so that we won't lose them. So the whole idea is to do some transformative work in the classroom, showing teachers what they can do with the tools we already have, not necessarily uh, getting in new tools, but just being innovative with what we have so that the teachers can say, hey, they taught me how to do this and this and this and this. I know they can do more. Yes, we can, but we're going to hold back and make sure you really want us so that they'll really pay for you for the next couple of years. And, you know, and to that point, as you mentioned, it's also about the teachers telling that story too, because I've said it before in education, we have to tell our own story. So yes. getting to that point where everybody thinks these people are indispensable, dispensable, you have to have the teachers out there, whether it's on social media, yes. whether it's to their administrator, uh, going to the board meetings, whatever the case may be, telling, hey, these people are so important, don't take them away. Yes. Well, part of the job that we're doing, um, not only I think I mentioned earlier how we're going to do this group of parents and doing screen mm-hmm. screen time. But <clears throat> the other plans for these folks that I'm getting, we're also going to have teacher groups okay. that meet um, just describing and discussing different things. I'm already meeting with district leaders from across, mm-hmm. actually across the country, and getting ideas and things from them and just trying to set up these things that 
can be um, can continue moving even after the fact and then pulling in the teachers and some kids and students and even some of the the central office staff we're going to pull some of them in to do some of these I guess innovative meetings and mm -hmm. things with us so that they'll be a part of our growth so everyone will be a part of this growth and then in a couple of years when the funding runs out they're going to hopefully the stakeholders that have the money or pull the purse strings will say wait a minute we can't just let this go <laughs> So, <laughs> I know. It's so, a, so, shared it's, ownership, man. That's a big yes. part of any initiative. And if you just if you pre-build it with what you're mm -hmm. talking about, giving them license or a think tank or some sort of avenue, a focus mm -hmm. group where they can actually voice not only what they agree with, but also their dissenting option, ideas, mm -hmm. that gives you an opportunity as a leader to say, okay, let's make it better then. And then, yes. and then challenging them to say, great, you presented me a ton of problems. Awesome. What are some ideas and solutions you have to solve the problems? You know, yeah. versus just event session, right? That's, yes. a, that's always the challenge, mm -hmm. I feel oh, yeah. like. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I know a lot of ed tech leaders are running into is, and we got to come up with a better word than this, but the backslide, if you will, of teachers once they go back into the building. So now that we're back in our building, back with our students, going back to those previous instructional Old habits, habits mm -hmm. you know, going back to the worksheets, going back into, hey, let's read a paragraph at a time and go around the room. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. how do we keep that? those bad instructional practices from like being the fallback for teachers? Uh, the couple of things that I think of immediately is just the ed tech leaders have to push out the ways that these tools can, or not necessarily the tools, but how we're going through, say we're using the SAMR mm -hmm. method or whatever, mm -hmm. how, how these tools can change the way that we previously did the work, right. or if we're doing the rigor relevance and we're looking at the top quadrant, look at these verbs, look at these things. These are the ways that these tech tools can transform our learning, not only, well, transform the students learning, but not only looking at how the students learn, but also what, are, what is it doing for the teacher? We, my group, hopefully will educate teachers on how transformative tra uh, technology is for them in their practice so they wouldn't want to go back, uh, giving them the tools so that they will keep moving forward, not only keep moving forward, but want to do a little bit more because of the tools they have. Okay. Uh, I think our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work. So where, where, where can we find out information about you and yourself? Are you posting stuff online? Are you on Twitter? Promote, give us a little plug. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm on LinkedIn only because I was told to by my supervisor. Uh, but <laughs> That's <laughs> a ringing endorsement, folks. <laughs> Did you hear that? That's why you should get on LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> but yes, I, I do most of my uh, sharing on the Twitters. Um, I, I do have a a space in Facebook, but I uh, stopped actually posting things because someone... Anyway, <laughs> there's I'll, a story there for yeah, after yeah, the yeah. podcast. I'll get back to that. <laughs> I'll get back two. to Facebook. But yeah, part find two. me on Twitter at Greg Bagby. That's where I found both of you guys, yep. and I've been following you all for years. So yeah. Awesome. That's at Greg Bagby. Guys, you can find that on Twitter. This has been a special edition of the Undisrupted Podcast live from Las Vegas. You can follow him on Twitter at AskAdam3. And you can follow him at Mr. Hooker. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are better together. And we are better. Undisrupted. This podcast is made possible by the generous support of Amazon Web Services.